Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. I am your host, Gio Garcia. And back here with me, we got Alex from Total Galaxy, and we also got Eli from This Week in MLS. But before I get get into that, man, it, it was an exciting filled weekend of soccer. You know, you had Copa America, you had the gold, the start of the Gold Cup, you had the final versus England versus Italy, the much much anticipated. But gentlemen, how, how was you guys' weekend, Alex? How did you spend your weekend? It was pretty good. Really hot over here, so I didn't really spend too much time outside. Um, just interesting. Uh, all around, you know, luckily I got to stay inside for most of the day, just watching soccer and sports in general. You know, lots of fun with the Euros and Cup of America, which we'll get into later. Yeah, what about you, Eli? How'd you spend the weekend? Everything was phenomenal. Everything was fantastic. Everything was going well until just a couple minutes ago, I decided to go check my mail. And the reason why I was one minute late to the stream is your boy got summoned to jury duty. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you're growing up right before our eyes, Eli. My first time, and I was hoping uh, it would be later in life until I would get summoned, but um, I'm not excited. But, you know, I'll do it. It's five days before my 21st birthday, so we're going to be doing that, I guess. (laughs) What's that one quote from The Office? Uh, Sitting in an air-conditioned room, judging people. That's the life. (laughs) We'll see how Eli likes that. Oh, my God. I like people that play on grass, not play with guns or whatever I'm going to be. <laughs> you know, a lot of people that are really into the crime shows look forward to that. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know if you're into that, Eli, but I remember the first time I got summoned, I more looked at it. I was like, I know it's like my noble duty and stuff, but I was like, man, I got, I got things I got to do. Like, I want to, I don't want to sit in a room and like, you know, like, I don't know, hopefully in the back of my mind, I was like, man, I hope it's nothing like it takes longer than, than, than like a week or two, a month or something, you know, it gets like something big. But what ended up happening, like, they called, they're like, if your name, it was like a ticket thing. Like, if my ticket didn't get called, then, then I was, I was waiting. So my first time that, that, that I got summoned, I, I didn't even have to sit down or anything. It, I was, it was just so, waiting for me. Well, let's pray that happens. For me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but like, I mean, that's, that's what you got to do. So yeah, like I said, you're growing up, Alex, you'll be there in a couple of years. You'll, you'll in a couple of years. Yeah. Ho- it's going to sound bad, but hopefully it's just maybe a hit and run and not some murder, you know? Won't be yeah, that long. <laughs> yeah, some people look forward to those. Uh, I don't. I want to say murder, but like those uh, very uh, controversial cases. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I got things I got to do. This is does not interest me. I don't. I don't want someone's uh, feature on a vote. That, you know, but that's just the way it goes. But um, but yeah, Alex, where where did you end up watching the Copa America? Let's let's start off with that one. The Copa America, obviously, Messi. He ended up winning. He got. He got. He finally got the monkey off his back. You know, he finally got a, tr- a trophy with his with his home country. Where'd you Where'd you spend it? Where Where'd you watch it? So uh, before uh, I went to go watch the game, I actually got vaccinated. 
So I went to Target, you know, got some stuff, snacks, getting ready for the game. Watched it at home with my parents, and it was really fun. The whole lead up to this game, we were talking about how, you know, Messi needs this, you know, and what, what will it be like if Neymar, you know, because Neymar also hasn't won a Copa America. He wasn't on that roster that won in 2019, you know. So Messi or Neymar, they were going to win their first Copa America, and it was going to be big. So me and my dad were kind of going on what needs to go right for Messi, what needs to go right for Neymar. And ultimately, we enjoyed the match, and it was lots of fun. Um, but I, I definitely had a good time just, you know, sitting with my family, just watching the game next to them, and, you know, just talking to them and just analyzing the game with them as well. You know, it was good. I, I watched it and watched, watching it like a watch party. But it was, it was, a, it was good because I was like, Man, as soon as Di Maria made that goal, I was like, man, I was like, one goal could potentially win this, but I was like, Brazil has too much firepower. Eli, where, where'd you spend it? Where'd you watch the Copa America final? Yeah, so I watched at home with my best friend Max, and we got Dave's Hot Chicken. Just a little plug there. I guess it was it was really good. Um, oh, nice, nice. It was, it, was, it was an okay match. I didn't love it. I was kind of disappointed by Messi's performance because I was hoping, you know, his big final, like he'll have that big final moment. And there was that moment like very late in the match. I think it was like the 83rd minute where it looked like he was literally about to score and seal the deal. And then he kind of whiffed it in the end, um, ended up um, in Ederson's feet. And, you know, it, it's great. I just wish that, like, and I'm very happy for Messi. I'm a huge Messi guy, but I just wish that he had that, like, shining moment that, like, led to them winning it, like a free kick goal or even a penalty would have would have done it for me. Yeah, no, I, I know, I know exactly what pay you're talking about. He was right in front of the goalkeeper, and I think he slipped or he tried to cut it back. He slipped, and, you know, he, he literally could put the game away because I think right after that, Brazil got an opportunity. But, yeah, I know it's big. I know he, he posted on his Instagram, you know, Messi made it known, like, you know just him kissing it you know after everything you know everything's won with Barcelona but also all the critiques that he's gotten with the national team you know this is big for him this this cements him and with with uh with Argentina national football team that they hey, he got a trophy the next biggest one obviously is a world cup that he's gone to the final but he never has won it so he's finally won this we'll have to see moving forward how this how they do in the world cup because you know, it's coming down to potentially his last World Cup with Argentina, you know, watching one of the greatest ever to do it. So, I, you know, I'm excited to see what else, you know, comes from this, from Messi. But, like, you know, I just, I've just i just been following all, all his posts and everything. And, you know, like, kids coming to his house. There was, like, this video that, like, kids were, like, chanting and stuff. And they were, like, come, come into his house and came out and was, like, taking pictures with them. So it's good for him. It's good for Argentina. But now now we'll see how, how – where he goes, you know, because – with uh, he he didn't sign a, a new contract with Barcelona, so he's a free agent right now, right? So he can, I'm assuming he's going to stay in Europe. I think he's a long ways away for him to come to uh, MLS, at least a couple of years, maybe three. But you know, maybe he goes to Man City. We'll see what happens. But Alex, what are your thoughts on him potentially coming to the MLS a couple of years down the road? Man, it's exciting. Really, is exciting. You know, um, whether it be to one of the LA teams, Inter Miami one of those clubs I'm really looking forward to watching him because the thing with him is um, while he does rely on his athleticism, it's not his number one thing, you know? So when he does get older, it's not going to be like, Oh, we're seeing, you know, like 20% of Messi at his prime. You know, the thing with Messi is he's just technically gifted. He's smart with the ball and just, you know, those free kicks aren't, you're never going to, you know, lose that. You know, he's got that wonderful left foot of his. So when the, when he does come to MLS, cause I'm confident he will eventually, it's going to be a show for all the teams that, you know, go out, all the teams and all the people who go out and watch Messi. 
Yeah. Isaiah in the chat quickly says, well, since when did Eli get here? Well, he got he got here a minute late. That's that's when he got here a minute late. We we know we know when he got here. But yeah, Eli, what are your thoughts on uh, you know obviously maybe down the road we could see Messi playing for an MLS team? Because there's been so much speculation over the years, I will only believe it when it actually happens. Of course, I would love him here. However, two of the clubs that he'd be that he's kind of linked to NYCFC and Inter Miami, I feel don't deserve Messi. They haven't <laughs> built they haven't built like a foundation. For Messi, you know, I mean, like Inter Miami, they've been a hot mess. They have 20,000 DPs. Uh, they don't even have their stadium yet. NYCFC, they don't have a stadium at all. Messi's not going to play in a baseball field and he's not going to play at Red Bull Arena, even if he is for an NYCFC. Uh, so, like, those two don't deserve him. He deserves the best of the best. And, of course, I'm going to be biased and say, come to LA. Either of the teams, those are the best of the best in terms of what. We could, uh, we as Americans can provide for him. Very, very good point. So yeah, pretty much bring him to LA. That's what I heard. Um, you know, I, I would love to have him here, but I, I know he has a really good relationship with uh, David Beckham. I know Man, if Man City gets him, then obviously uh, that, that's a club that's connected with uh, the MLS or NYCFC. So yeah, I mean, if, if Messi comes, like if you're in New York, you, you got you got to build a stadium. You got to build build a soccer specific stadium. If you're David Beckham. Or if you're into Miami, you got to get it figured out because you got way too much talent, you know, and you're not putting the pieces together because it's it's it, you know it's, it's unfortunate with all with all with all the the name and the branding and everything, they haven't been able to be successful with the MLS. But if he comes to LA, I mean every everything's lined up whether it's whether it's potential Galaxy or LAFC, you know any any of those two teams could definitely use. I mean any any of those any team in MLS would be happy to get them. But yeah, which would the teams that are more prepared? I would agree with the, the teams within LA. Obviously, I think we should address that we're all wearing L.A. Dodgers hats. I would like to say that we didn't uh, uh, choreograph this or, you know, got this. But, like, I had a hat laying now, and he was wearing it. We're like, all right, let's all wear Dodgers hats. And also, there's the Home Run Derby is going on. Is it the Home Run Derby? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all right now. It's All-Star Weekend. So I was like, what what better way? You know, let's, 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 let's rep the Dodgers and let's see what's going on. I haven't kept up with baseball in a, in a while, but I know the Angels pitcher, hitter, he he's, like, supposed to be the big star, right? So – We'll, we'll give a little shout out to, to the baseball folks that, that watch it with us wearing these hats. Um, now I want to I want to talk over I want to talk about the the England versus uh, Italy final. Man, this was a crazy crazy game. Um, you know, I had everything. Yeah, I didn't know who who was gonna. You know, England went up first. They, they scored the first goal, and then late in the second half, Italy was able to tie it. Alex, what, what were your thoughts uh, on the Italy versus England final that went to PKs? Uh, it's funny because I was watching, you know, some, some videos on the game, you know, I forgot who it was, but somebody quoted Italy's greatest asset was Gareth Southgate because it looked like, you know, <laughs> th- those two subs he made with a minute to go for penalties, not only did they both miss the penalties, but you don't give them time to get into the rhythm of the, of the game. You don't give them time for their, you know, their lungs to kind of get uh, acclimated to, you know, running, you know, being energetic and stuff like that. And then also too, you know, he played the tournament with a back four for most of for all the games actually, and then in the final switched it up to a three four three. You know Southgate loves to use you know his wing backs loves to play defensively, and and you saw that after the Luke Shaw goal in the second minute of the game, England were kind of just you know not really ready to pounce on the attack and be as aggressive compared to Italy who were coming from behind and needing the score. And fair play to Mancini, he was doing really good adjustments mid game. Italy have been so versatile in the way that they've played. 
we saw them in the group stage how you know they can play this great attacking free-flowing football and then you know against spain you see them kind of you know play a bit more defensive kind of keep the possession a lot more and try to break down a team like that and we saw that in the final um in the second half definitely where uh Jorginho was big you know even the center backs Benucci and Cellini were really good when it came to distribution of the ball towards the back and honestly Italy deserved to win this final they were the best team from day one without a doubt and you know unfortunately for England didn't come home and man those those fans there crushed expectations but Italy 100% though definitely deserved it there's no Mickey Mouse trophy thing when it comes to Euro 2020 for the Italians not at all. And, it, and, it, and it's, it, man, this game was crazy. I was watching it. I ended up watching like at a BJ's restaurant because I was trying to go to Buffalo Wildlands. It was packed. Uh, it was, it was just, the, the bar I was at with the BJ's. It was, it was insane. They had every screen. Everybody's in tune to the game. And it, it was, it was just exciting to see where every time they got close. Eli, t- talk to me about this game. Where'd you watch it and how'd you see it? Yeah, so I like the the Copa America small intimate like uh, watch party. It was just me and my hardcore British friend. <laughs> and nice, got a, you got a different experience than I think me and Alex. He gets so passionate. He's at almost as passionate as me watching a Clippers playoff game. And nice. it, okay. he got it, it. It got very intense. And they're they're very highs, you know, with the Luke Shaw goal. I like Manchester United, so Luke Shaw's my boy. That was great to see. Um, but then, you know, the cookie started crumbling at the end of that first half. You could feel the momentum changing, and the second the second half kicked off, that was Italy's match to lose. And I agree with what Alex said about the subs. I mean, some of those subs were completely unnecessary, especially those last minute subs. You sub two young guys on. And you take out a guy like Jordan Henderson, who, yes, he's not a great PK taker, but at least, you know, he he's a veteran. He has experience. And then just the order of the PKs in which they took him, that was a bit interesting. It's, it's very sad when the best penalty took in that shootout was from Harry Maguire. Yeah. And <laughs> it was very tough seeing, you know, Sancho and Rashford missed those. Saka as well. I mean, I don't really like Arsenal very much, but uh, just seeing, you know, it's tough. And then, of course, like I knew the second that those misses happened, like the abuse they were about to face, which oh, is yeah. completely wrong um, at all fronts. And yeah, you could criticize them for the way they play, but you can't criticize them for the way they look and the, who they are, you know? Um, and I feel bad for those guys. It's going to be tough for those guys to bounce back. But I think Rashford said it very best um, today in his Instagram post. You can find that on ESPN FC. But, uh, yeah, it, it's tough, for, to, especially to watch an England fan <laughs> go through that pain. I had no horse in this race. You know, I, I, I will say I was kind of rooting against England, but kind of not because I was picking <laughs> it. Oh, uh, you're like the best one to have then watching this game with. I mean, I filmed his reaction to every PK, which is really oh, you funny. Oh, um, The good and the bad and the ugly. Um, oh, but man. the thing is, is with me being – I'm not necessarily a patriotic American, right? However, part of me is always going to be like, F England, bro, like America. Yeah, 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 no. And like they should be considered as big of like a rivalry for the U.S. as L3. Sure, L3 and – the U.S. They have the soccer rivalry, but you know, in terms of like historic like rivalry between country to country, I mean, U.S. England it, that's as classic as it gets for us. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely didn't want to see England win. Favorite tweet of the night was 
not surprised they they or not surprised they blew up this lead, this one nil lead because they blew a thirteen colony lead before. Oh. <laughs> Dude, it would be so cool if every Fourth of July USA versus England here oh in America. Oh my god! That would oh be my amazing. god! Dude, like the America level and people would go all the way up to a hundred through the roof, man. That was that another would- one. I saw it was a tough week for England fans. First, the Fourth of July. Then- <laughs> 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 oh my god, that's a that's a good one. They should. That, that's like free marketing right there for the US men's national Dude, team. Dude, like, I'm definitely going to a game. It, does, yeah, like it doesn't that. get any bigger than that. You can tell you can definitely sell out that game, you know? Yeah. And that, that game seems to be marketable. Um, but yeah, no, I mean Italy, man. When I was watching these PK, so my, my friend that I wanted to watch the game with, he was all like, This game, I want this game to go to penalties. I was like, I don't want to go to penalties, I just want to see someone win. And then he was like, I think Italy's gonna win. And he literally called it every every single every single thing that was, was happening. But I, to me, what the, the crazy thing was is exactly what you guys pointed out. But so like Rafford at the last minute, 119th minute, and I was just like, I, I couldn't believe he did that. And I, I just I, I just thought it was to me, it's like to your point, you you gotta get these guys in rhythm. It's the biggest game of their life, you know, up to this point. You you got to give them like 10, 15 minutes, right? Because it's like you know, there's a lot of emotion money. They may be, they may be nervous, and I know he brought them in. I was like, he only brought them in for the PKs. That's that's what it is. And both of them missed the PKs, right? You know, granted, they probably could have missed PKs if, if 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 they even played twenty minutes of the game, right? That would have happened. But I think them not being being in the rhythm, and you kind of look at their faces, and you know, they were brought in for one job, and unfortunately, they they weren't able to do it, but. You know, also, also credit to, to Italy. They were, they were so resilient. You know, they were so, so resilient. They definitely – I feel like they definitely deserved it more. I know that the hashtag, it's coming home, I saw today. Like, it's it's coming – it's came to Rome. It's come to Rome or something like that. They, they switched up the hashtag. Yeah, a little bit more Euros than it did Copa America. So I, I, I followed, you know, a little bit of uh, England and what they were able to do. I also followed uh, Italy, how impressive they were from, since the start. And to your point, yeah, they were the best team, and I feel like they definitely deserved to win it. So we'll have to see what happens uh, next year's uh, World Cup because that's going to be exciting. So before we get into talking about Galaxy, I want to hit up the Gold Cup. We had two games, obviously, Mexico played, and then uh, the U.S. played. Mexico got a one tied 0-0. Uh, and obviously, Chucky Lozano got injured. There was a lot, a lot made about the refs. Obviously, the P-Chant came back in, and I think that, was well, those caused because of the fans are upset because of the refereeing. Not, I'm not here to say, okay, you know, that's justifiable or anything like that, but I feel like CONCACAF can do a better job when it comes to refereeing and, and being able to address that because I think the level of play has gotten better, but I feel like the refereeing and how they go about it is it's been, it's been terrible. But Alex, give me, give me your thoughts on, on this game and what happened with Chuku Lozano. So, yeah, you know, what you mentioned right now, Chucky Lozano's injury, really horrific to look at. Uh, I, w- I was in the restroom when it happened, so I was kind of lost, you know, seeing, you know, kind of him on the floor and then on the stretcher. And, you know, the whole situation can basically be capitalized in Edson Alvarez getting a yellow card for basically bugging the referee in his ear to tell him to stop the game because Lozano was on the floor for a while. And, honestly, it's just one of the situations where, like, you know – Yes, Chucky got hurt, and he was really horrible and stuff. And then, you know, the ref, you know, not just blowing the whistle and not really kind of putting player safety first. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know, you know, if maybe all the running, you know, sometimes kind of bogs your mind a bit. You know, I don't know if that was something that affected him. But I thought it was just really – 
I, I think this is a sign that CONCACAF refereeing definitely needs to go a step up. Like you mentioned, the play of CONCACAF definitely over the last couple of years, past decade, has gone up tremendously. And the officiating also needs to go up at that similar level too. Um, just so we can have, you know, better player safety because that's what matters now, you know. With, with all the science, you know, coming out saying, you know, soccer is really dangerous, especially with head injuries. And, you know, Mexico's seen what happened to Raul Jimenez and how he's still hurt and who knows if he'll go back on the football pitch. So this is a big sign for CONCACAF to really just, you know, elevate how much they care about player safety. And then moving on to the game, you know, um, I think it was in a press conference afterwards. Uh, the coach from Trinidad and Tobago said, yeah, we knew what Mexico was going to do. They don't make any halftime adjustments or adjustments mid-game. So that's kind of uh, really uh, a big setter right there of what Mexico is kind of heading within. Because Tata Martino couldn't be on the touchlines for this game because he was suspended because he got the red card for, I, I think it was messing with the referee during the mm-hmm. video Nation, review. Yeah, yeah, League. the Nations League. Yeah, he, he got a red card for that. So he wasn't on the touchlines uh, for the game at all. But I, I think it's kind of a sign to worry a little bit for Mexico just because you're expected to win by maybe like three goals at least. You know, Mexico before have blown out Trinidad Tobago by 11 goals before. And then now, you know, 0-0 zero, zero tie. They had chances for sure. There were tons of uh, long shots going in, and the Trinidad defense was doing really good all game. Give credit to them for containing a lot of Mexico's attackers. But Mexico do need to improve. Um, I think their next game is against El Salvador. They definitely yeah, need to. Yeah. yeah, they definitely need to have a dominant win there because if not, you know, there's going to be some chirping going around here and there. Calling for Tata Martino's head. You know, God forbid they, they you know, get out of the group stage. I don't want to over-exaggerate, but if that happens, all of Mexico is going to riot. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, look, it doesn't look good right now. And I think the big – and also – so I was at a watch party. I couldn't hear a single thing because I had, like, the drums and everything like that. But there, there was no bar being used in the Gold Cup, correct? There's, there's no bar being used, right? So I think that's – that is the biggest issue uh, that I have with the, with, with – with CONCACAF, how are you not using VAR, right? Because there was also, I think Funes Mori scored a goal and it was called offsides when he wasn't offsides. And I think all that, and I was like, where's VAR? Where's VAR? And I was talking to a couple of people, they're like, they're not using VAR. And I think this is where CONCACAF is way behind. And it's like, you're not keeping up with Copa America. You're not keeping up with uh, with what's going on with the rest of the world. I don't, I don't know why it's not being implemented, why it's not being used. And I think that's what's really hurting this tournament because if you would have looked at that, then you probably would have saw that like Chucky Lozano went down. You probably would have gave a yellow card or whatever. None of that whole situation would have happened. Maybe the fans would have been a little bit more in check and stuff. But credit to Trinidad and Tobago. Like I watched, I watched all of Mexico's games since I was a kid. That was probably the best performance I've seen from Trinidad and Tobago uh, my, since I've been watching them. They played really good. They played really tough. And I think, and I think, you know, you got you got to give your hats off to them. But I also like, I never want to talk about the rest, but they they really blew it. Like, they really blew it bad. I, I really feel like it's on Concacaf. Concacaf needs to do a better job and and invest in referees and invest in, in making them better because then you can eliminate all these things. Watching the Euros final goal of uh, the final, the ref that was refing the the final, oh, did yeah. an amazing job. He let them play. He let them get physical. He kept the players honest at the same time. So I think that that was was interesting. So before me one, I'm gonna play this video. It's in Spanish, but you get to really see the damage that happened to Chucky Lozano. He's in the net cast, and look at his eye, left eye. He he has a he has a um, black eye. Muchas gracias por por el apoyo, por las oraciones y por todas las preguntas de, de cómo estoy. 
gracias a Dios salió todo muy bien. So he just pretty much everything, you know, I'm good at it, but clearly he does not look good, you know what I'm saying? I'm glad he didn't have to have surgery, but he, he it doesn't look good. You know, it's great for him to post that video and everything, but I think that should give you a show you a sign of what CONCACAF could let me. You, you literally got rid of one of the best players, if not the best player from Mexico right now. Definitely the like you know the, the best player all of CONCACAF, and you're not going to be able to see him that. But that affects ticket dollars, that affects ticket sales, and now there's also conversations of playing a game without fans on Wednesday. So we'll see if that happens. Yeah, one more thing to add too, you know, um, you, as if you guys can see that video, you know, man, he looked really stiff there. It could have been a lot worse. It really mm-hmm. could have could have led to paralyzation. And re- the reality is maybe the end of his career. That's how mm-hmm. bad it is. And, and Gio, you said it correctly. You know, CONCACAF needs to invest in these referees. CONCACAF has definitely been investing a lot in a lot of the smaller nations in CONCACAF. And you've seen how their play has elevated and looked a lot better and how a lot more players from those countries are playing, you know, whether it be League MX or MLS, you know, you see that they're being represented all across some of the bigger leagues in CONCACAF. If CONCACAF can do that with the refereeing, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be great and benefit everybody, you know, we're going to raise the standard for League MX refs for MLS refs. So that's the real conversation, you know, after these first couple of games, I really need to happen with CONCACAF because the football is doing great. It's growing. The, the refereeing is the only issue really that is kind of kind of lacking in and something that a lot of people now are going to be asking for after Chucky's incident. Yeah, and I think that the hope with this eliminates that and, you know, you move forward from this. Eli, let's, let's talk about the U.S. Men's National Team. They, they, they beat uh, Haiti 1-0. Uh, well, give us your thoughts on this performance. Obviously, I mean, I think they were – I was hoping – I was looking for them to also blow them out, but it was a lot closer game than I thought it was, at least on the scoreboard. Uh, what were your thoughts on the U.S. Men's National Team? Well, I actually wasn't too surprised that the U.S. didn't, like, blow Haiti away just because there was a stat that popped up during the match that, like, um, in the last eight matches against Haiti, they've actually tied five times. Wow. Um, so Haiti Haiti, Haiti plays very well. They have some MLS talent on their roster, and the U.S. is pretty much an MLS roster except for Shaq Moore. Uh, and, you know, usually me being the MLS guy, I want to highlight the MLS players, but the best player on the field for the U.S. last night was Shaq Moore. And he looked great going up forward. Uh, Greg Berhalter likes his fullbacks to attack. And that's what him and Sam Vines did. And Sam Vines scored the lone goal of that match. Um, Sam Vines defensively, not not the best in this match. Uh, I um, We talk about injuries. Paul Ariola went down for the U.S. Sure, he's no Chucky Lozano, but sucks to see a, a player like that to go down. And I think Giochini, who replaced him, he... He was just playing out of position. He 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 looked pretty bad on the on the right wing, in my opinion. He was not crossing the ball well at all. But he's a striker, so he's not expected. And it really showed just like the U.S.'s roster right now is very very thin on the wing. And I don't see why Burhalter is continuing to run his four three three formation. I think a five at the back would look great with the USMNT squad, especially because they got James Sands on the bench. Have Walker Sands and Robinson, and then have your fullbacks that you like attacking push up and be your wingers and start DK and Jossie up top together instead of choosing between the two. I heard DK didn't start this match because he's been dealing with a minor quad injury and they're kind of minutes restricting him. But either way, you got to unleash the beast and get him on the field for longer. I don't think he was on the field long enough to really make like a, a, a lasting impression on me. 
Um, some bright spots I didn't mention, Gianluca Buzio just coming on the field. I think the second he was on there, I mean, the U.S. just looked completely different. And he was he kind of became that best player on the field, what he does on the ball, what he does off ball as well. And he fits the Burhalter system very well. I mean, th- that midfield line in the, uh, with Burhalter, it's all about using those combo 8-10s. And that's exactly what Buzio does for Sporting Kansas City. Uh, so he's a no-brainer to have here, and I'd like to see him get a start. I think a lot of people were very pissed off um, not seeing him in the starting lineup, seeing Jackson, Euler, Kellen, Acosta, who I wasn't surprised to see in the starting lineup, but still they, they started over him. But overall, I'm not mad at this performance. A lot of USMNT fans like to overreact, especially because it's an MLS roster pretty much, and USMNT fans hate MLS, which is ironic, but – I I I I loved it. I'm excited for Martinique, and that one has to be that one has to be a blowout because Canada blew out Martinique, and for that goal differential, you know, US has to has to just flat out dominate. I would love another clean sheet as well from Matt Turner. I think he looked great. A lot of people were stressing about him as well, uh, just with the ball at his feet. But you know, he was just casual. He was just chilling. I, I'm not worried about Matt Turner. I'm very high on him. I think he's the best uh, keeper in MLS right now. So. Yeah, no, great. Lot, lots of great points, uh, Alex. Uh, obviously, you had we had Sebastian Lejet. We started in the lineup. You know, I like Alex's very own. What were your thoughts on him and the U.S. Men's National Team's performance? He was basically Captain America for that one game. Got the captain's armband, and I, I really liked his performance overall. You know, uh, Burhalter will like to play him. You know, as that midfielder, kind of just you know, uh, if you want to go forward, you know, go ahead, have that freedom, try to connect the play between the midfield and the attack. Basically, his exact role with the Galaxy, we might see some modification to that due to, you know, the midfield's a lot different now for the Galaxy, especially with uh, Revolution on, uh, and we'll see how that goes. But uh, I, I like that, you know, Burhalter has that confidence in Legette a lot. He's been one of Burhalter's top guys during his tenure so far, and I really hope that he just continues these good performances to, you know, be part of that, you know, squad going into the 2022 World Cup. And I think, you know, he's making good impressions all around and I'm confident he'll make it on that team. But I just want to continue to see him, you know, uh, grow, see him continue to just be a lot more smoother in his play with the men's national team. Because I feel at times he's a little slow, not like, you know, pace wise, but I feel like there's a couple of passes here and there you can pull off a little quicker with the uh, men's national team. But I, I really like that, you know, he got the captain's armband. I thought he did good. And hopefully, Burhalter is still see you know is still impressed with what uh, Legette can do on the field. Yeah, no, uh, obviously he's definitely one of the favorites for Greg Burhalter. But I'm with you, Eli. Uh, I feel like uh, obviously if their DK was was nursing an injury, obviously that makes sense that he didn't get it. They didn't get the start start up there. But yeah, for me, like this has to, I see this as Daryl DK's coming out party. We saw what he did in England. We saw what he what, you know he's able to do quickly back in Orlando. I think this is where you want to see um, Daryl DK impact the game, right? With with goals and being over, being being able to overpower the defenses, and you know, which is that physique that he has. Because I, I mean, he he is a Europe type. He is a Europe player. Um, obviously, whenever the opportunity comes up again, um, he's he's not going to be in that bus for for much longer. Maybe maybe after the season, that's probably his last last one. And you also want to see with some of the changes, right? With Greg, Greg Broholtz. I think that's one of the things that, you know, we've talked about in the past. I think that's what Burke Burhalter at times lacks is being able to adjust certain things or being able to play a different formation with the pieces that you actually have. And instead of actually trying to 
you know, trying to play a 4-3-3, which doesn't necessarily make sense unless there's things going on like injuries and stuff like that. And maybe this was the reason why he, he, he played out. He played this formation. But to your point, I think there's other guys that, that I think a lot of U.S. Men's National Team player fans want to see get those minutes, get those starts, and to really see the depth of what, what the U.S. national team can do, you know, right moving forward. So, obviously, they, they got a couple games next in the group stage. So, we'll see what both Mexico and, and the U.S., because obviously those are the favorite favorite uh, teams. But, you know, Chucky Lozano is out for the Gold Cup. He out for four to six weeks. And we'll see what uh, the U.S. men's national team will do uh, in this group stage. All right, now let, let's talk about some Galaxy. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's talk some Galaxy. Obviously, <laughs> Switch right on cue and ended up switching his hat right on cue. I like that. So obviously, oh oh, dude, we got another switch here. There we go. There we go. Too. I unfortunately, I'm not gonna do that because I, I got I don't got LA Soccer Hub's uh, hat, so I just got the Dodgers hat. But yeah, I mean, the Galaxy come from you know come from uh, winning their last home game was at I believe that's Dallas. It's been so long. Yeah, big for big performance for the LA Galaxy. They won that. Obviously, Eli, I know you're at the game. Alex, I don't know if you're at the game, but I know you're definitely watching. Yo, I was what at were the your game. thoughts after you were at the game too? Yeah. Okay, cool. What were your thoughts uh, on uh, Galaxy getting getting that three one victory uh, right before the break? Uh, very much needed, definitely, especially after kind of a disappointing performance against Sporting Kansas City. You're able to see that finishing improve, definitely for sure. Now I've been to critique about how this team is really lacking that, and that's kind of what's stopping a lot of people from really calling the Galaxy an elite MLS club. I think. You know, you, you're seeing their defense improve little by little. And, and that's obviously, you know, the big red flag for the team over the last couple of years. But now that's kind of become, hey, can we finish these chances here when we're put in a great position? We saw Cabral finish that chance. Granzier is still kind of missing that, but he's just so close. And I cannot wait for him to score his first goal. Man, I'm going to be jumping up in the air when he does. But you saw that with Cabral. You know, Zubak, great finish after, you know, uh, that defensive error. And then Revolution, obviously having a great header and just great, uh, great showing of his physical, how physical he can get, you know, when it comes to fighting for corners. Great header, great technique used, and overall strong performance by the Galaxy against Dallas on that day. I really like how uh, Vanny's utilizing that 4-3-3. I'm really loving how fluid the game is going for them. It's not very, what's the word? It doesn't feel like it's lagging the game at all. It feels smooth. You know, and uh, at a halftime, me and Eli met up and he made a great point. You know, I don't want to steal from him, but there's got to be serious conversation here for Sasha Kleshin to wear that armband more often. He was doing really good directing other players, being vocal out there and just looked like the MLS veteran presence that this team needs, really. So those are my biggest takeaways from the game against Dallas. Yeah, I mean, talk about Sasha, he's a veteran. Uh, I love even last season when they were going through, you know, the rough patch, he would always suggest to me again. And I, I've definitely seen that from him. Eli, what, what are your thoughts? Hey, first game that multiple players not named Chicharito score for the LA Galaxy and they get the win. I think that's the first time this season. Obviously, Chicharito was out uh, because of the injury. Eli, what were your thoughts on this game? Well, first I want to mention it, and Alex actually uh, pointed it out when I met him at halftime. I actually met Alex for the first time in person. Uh, yeah, this was the sad, sad first thing here of the season. Is this the first time the Galaxy conceded a goal in front of me? Because I'd been to two matches <laughs> prior, and it, they were clean sheets, and it was a clean first half. Unfortunately, they gave one away in the second half. Whatever. This was a very impressive Galaxy performance, and we we talk about the defense and the fact that. 
They were down Daniel Starez. They were down Koulibaly. They were down Derek Williams. Revolution just comes in, and the back line is still strong as ever, like strong as it has been this season for the Galaxy. And one thing I mentioned to Alex, and this was leading up to the Revolution goal, what were the what ended up being the corner kick to the goal. Uh, I noticed Revolution just bolted out of his center back spot, just away from like up the pitch, just cr- crazily like box to box. But he was playing center back, so I was freaking out. I was like, "Mom, this is terrible. This is terrible." I see Sasha Kleshman start to take his place at center back. I'm like, "Oh my god! If they start a counter, we are screwed." Luckily, Revolution helps us draw that corner kick. And then right that next play, obviously, he gets the header and scores the goal. And I'm like, this dude is legit. This mm-hmm. dude is amazing. And I like. there's a lot of talk about Jonah Dos Santos and stuff after the season. I'm like, I could breathe a little knowing that we have Revolution because I think he could. he's kind of like the next up for Jonah Dos Santos' spot. I see him as that six type of guy. Um, but either way, for the Galaxy performance – Seeing Cabral finally score that that made me so happy because we know we've seen that Cabral has it. He has the skill. He has the finesse. We just need that finishing touch, and he finally had it, and it was beautiful. Grand Sears on the way because he had that amazing moment in the second half where he almost made it. It was either four nil or four one at that point. It would have been just outstanding performance overall. And for the Galaxy to score multiple goals in a match without Chicharito being there, that's impressive to me. And sure, FC Dallas is kind of trash right now. Either way, midweek game, Galaxy go into a break with some momentum. And it's great, especially after that Kansas City loss where that first half was the most painful half of soccer I've probably ever watched. You know, Galaxy just chance after chance missing. But this time they actually did it, and it was beautiful. And what a night. I I enjoyed it. I got to see Ethan Zubak after the game. He was hype. And, you know, just seeing him score again. It feels good because a lot. Another worry for the Galaxy is when Chicharito is gone. Who's that striker? And Ethan, uh, he he stepped up in the second half. So I was very glad to see that. No, I mean, they, they, and I just yeah, I feel like everybody definitely stepped up. And uh, you know, to your point uh, on Ryan, is that how you say his name? Revolution? Is that is that? Yeah, is Revolution. That, that's Revolution. How you say it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, when he scored that, scored that goal. You before you even score that goal, like. Right, he he's playing out of position. Go ahead, he's playing center back because of, of injuries. But you got to see how versatile he really is, right? Obviously, we know he's a big physical body, but you got to see how he can impact the game on the defensive end and now on the offensive end. Because I think that's the only surprise for me, uh, seeing him being able to score, uh, uh, being able to score that corner kick, you know, and how and he's looked like he's done that. I I didn't watch any of his uh, past highlights of scoring goals, but like he did that pretty easy. He did it pretty smooth, and it looked like that. Now, play may have, may or may have not been ran for him, or you know, and I and I like that he was able to capitalize on that. And he's instantly making an impact for the LA Galaxy. Instantly, you know, getting goal in there was second second game, second third game, um, for the Galaxy as a goal. But like right, he, they can use him as an offensive weapon as well. Obviously, it's a little bit more difficult, like you said, when 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 he's playing center back because you know if you have Sasha uh, on the counterattack, uh, you know, any uh, you know that's that's like a breakaway for the other team. But yeah, you're really starting to see that. But also, like I, I wanted, I, I was really looking into Cabral. So I have his goal, and, and then, I'm a, and then I, I think we should we should talk about it because I think I was looking forward to Cabral scoring a goal this game because it was FC Dallas. We talked, we know FC Dallas is not as strong, and he did just that. Colorado actually uh, showing up a bit. They're an interesting team. 
they seem to have everything going for example the draw that they picked up against what was the top team in the west at the time and then and then they'll have they'll stub their toes somewhere and you wonder what happened but i think robin frazier hasn't gone in the right direction here's a good ball for cabral first he's got his first two nothing galaxy So much goes right off of this play, Joe. That is a confidence builder for multiple players and for this team. Look at this combination run. Sebastian Legette getting forward, being direct, getting into a dangerous area. And this, holding the defender off, picking out Cabral with the late run at the top of the 18. And Cabral... Nice placement, nice connection with the ball, picks out the spot. So I mean, it, it was that was a great play, great goal. I mean, you, you saw what you know Sebastian did on this overall patient play. The Galaxy, uh, Alex, give me give me your thoughts on that goal and how the Galaxy ex ex executed that. I mean, credit Sebastian Legette, really great pass. Uh, ball was about to go out of bounds, you know, being pressured by defender. Able to get that through and just Cabral's positioning, very well positioned. You know, um, he starts this play by playing out wide and then drifting in more in the middle. So that's good to see, you know, his understanding of kind of where he should be and knowing the anticipation of where the ball might be, you know, especially when you're switching the place to that side. It's not really going to go that often more towards the other side once you're more advanced in the final third. And Cabral, knowing that, goes more in the middle. And then just great run by him, great pass by Legit, and just perfect finish really for him. You know, simple, but yet well executed and great because it relieves a lot of pressure off of his shoulders because he knows, you know, he needs to score. That's what he was brought here for the Galaxy to make an impact on every single game in some capacity. And he did that uh, against Dallas. He's had a couple of moments here and there and a couple of the past matches, you know, unfortunately almost scored in his debut. Um, I was there to see it firsthand, but it was just offside and just ruined my vibe for a little bit. He was so close <laughs> to getting that first debut goal on his debut game. So I was really hoping he would get a goal soon, especially after that moment. And then now heading into this break, you know, getting a goal, you know, him and the other Frenchmen on the team are definitely, you know, bonding a lot more because I know Grancier definitely felt a lot more alone, you know, without many people that could speak with him, especially since he's still learning English. And then now, you know, you have his buddy, him and Cabral, you know, they go out buying clothes and sneakers, too. I saw that on social media a couple of times. So it's good to see that, you know, this French connection is bonding. And the last couple of games, especially against San Jose, they look like they look dangerous. And I'm really excited for what they can do against the Whitecaps in this upcoming game. I know they're ready to, you know, kind of take that, kind of take those reins when Chicharito's down, when they know, hey, we need to step up. I know they're ready for that. You know, that moment is coming. I know it is. You know, and I, I have a feeling that it's going to be on display this upcoming weekend. Yeah, I know it is. And I mean, you look at the schedule, you know, you, I mean, you got you got very winnable games. You got, you know, Vancouver, you got Real Salt Lake, and then you go to FC Dallas three. I mean, you could go on a four game well, win streak. If, if, if you, I don't want to get ahead of myself before they get back to the break. Um, but like, yeah, give, give me a little bit more of your thoughts on, on Cabral. Obviously, we're, we're seeing a lot more. Finally got the, got the monkey off his back. 
Um, yeah, give me a little bit more thoughts on Cabral, and then like obviously these next three games going forward. Yeah, first of all, about these next three games going forward, Vancouver, like right after a break, that's the type of game you want, you know? You don't want to go out from a break and play Seattle in Seattle. Also, this game's going to be – this game's at Real Salt Lake, right? Because the Vancouver's playing there. Is the next match against Real Salt Lake also away? Yeah, yeah it's, it's away. away. It's away. So, so they're, they're, they're back in their – They're, they're going to be able to, to adjust to the to – the, uh, What's it called? I don't know if they're going to stay there. I, okay. I highly, I highly doubt they're going to get a hotel for like, uh, like a week or two weeks or whatever. I think they're going to come back to LA and then just fair. fly back. But hey, they'll test the environment one week for the next week, and both. I mean, the first week's going to be against the weakest opponent in the West right now. I mean, Vancouver's by far the worst team in MLS at the moment, so that's great to know, especially if Chicharito's not going to be back yet. Um, but on Cabral, you know this. Gave him the confidence boost I knew that he was going to need eventually. We knew that he was going to get that first goal eventually. And I've been saying this week after week. I've come on to this show. The second he gets his first goal, he's going to unleash. So now we are going to see the designated player that we signed. You know, He's going to be that dude now. I have full confidence in Cabral and what he can do. And I know Grant Seer. I have not given up on Grant Seer whatsoever because he's shown class on the pitch. It just sucks that, you know, he hasn't been able to get that end product yet. Uh, the last thing I did want to mention is about that legit pass. Because I could tell from watching that pass over again that USMNT fans never watched the LA Galaxy. Because the biggest critique that USMNT fans have on Sebastian Legette is that he doesn't know how to make those passes in the dangerous area. He doesn't know how to link. Look what he just did there, and he did it in such a fantastic job. Y'all, US 17 fans are capping, bro. And I'm a US. <laughs> they're just casuals, Eli. They're just casuals. They're casuals. Say, they're casuals. Are they a little sus? Like like we're no, saying nowadays. Yeah, no, <laughs> they're imposters, bro. Uh, no, I don't. Act, I mean, I'm not trying to to crap on US 17 supporters, but the ML, the unnecessary MLS hate is just it's too much. But uh, I I I love legit. I love. Cabral and like this team gives me a whole new sense of life as someone who grew up watching the LA Galaxy. I'm not going to quote unquote Sam a fan, um, but uh, yeah, like I, I I'm very excited for this team and we want that we want both LA teams to be the best in the league because we want we want that conference championship match between LAFC and the Galaxy. We need that playoff rematch. Um, so I, I hope LAFC does very, very well. And we, the, both teams could get to that point to where they play the El Trafico is like the most meaningful playoff match, not just match. It's more important than the MLS cup, you know? Yeah. yeah and it's no, yet I mean, to happen too. So just imagine when that's confirmed, wow, the tickets are going to get sold out for sure. And you're going to see a different <laughs> level of, I want it. You know, the galaxy have definitely raised their game every time they played LAFC, even when they've been in the dumps for the last couple of years where they haven't elevated their game throughout a season, but they always do against LAFC. And trust me, if this uh, MLS Cup appearance on the line, fireworks are going to be going on for those 90 or even 90 plus minutes. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, whenever you talk about those teams, it's very impactful, but I, I want to go back to a little bit to like, I've been seeing things a lot online and like about Cabral and Grand Serena scoring his goal. His goal. And I, to me, it's like I, I don't I don't really understand it um, because I I see what fans like you know they, they I feel like they're kind of they're holding on to like Cabron I mean uh, Grand Sir and Cabron until he scored like not scoring a goal 
But to me, when I when I looked at this team and I and I'm like, obviously it's taken a lot longer. It's what's only been like 12 games now. But I was like, I I don't feel like Grant Sir Cabral was hurting the team. Yeah, the goals the goal is not there yet. But like, even for, for Grant Sir, like it's every week it's better getting better and better. Yeah, but he's not hurting. He's not giving the ball over. It's not like he's not being an asset to to the team, right? So I think to me, I I'm not I, I have no problem. I don't want to say I have no problem, but I, I I don't if if Grant Sir continues to do what he's doing and he's able to impact the game the way he's impacting the game, depending how many goals he scores, I feel like what he's able to do the dirty work and everything like that will outweigh itself uh, long term because those goals are eventually going to come, or you know. But like if you get Cabral now rolling, you get obviously you you get every now and then you get one from Sasha, you get one from Revolution. Obviously, if Chicharito's back, obviously you got it there. But uh, I think for for Grand Sir, we we look like I'm gonna say this like look once the, the once we come towards the end of the season, I think we're gonna see a different Grand Sir, and I think fans are having a little bit of trouble just being patient. I understand that they want it now, but to me, I don't I don't feel like. Like oh my god, this player is a bust, or like these different things. I, I to me is this way too early to 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 give the, to you know to give up on any of those players or, or throw any out any of those comments because it's like, do you guys realize where you guys were last year? <laughs> do you guys no, realize yeah. the web the weapons you guys had last year? You didn't really have any, <laughs> and like the upgrade has been immense in just a short amount of period. That I think fans forget like a year ago things were looking really really ugly for the LA Galaxy, and now like there's so many weapons. I think if you're going to knock a player for not scoring a goal, I think that that to me is is not enough because of what he's doing outside of him, you know, being 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 effective, pressing, coming back on defense and stuff like that. Everything outside of, uh, outside of Grant Sheer not scoring a goal has looked amazing for me these last few games. Go ahead, Elon. Yeah. No, one thing I want to mention that I mentioned a few weeks ago when I was on here is you can't complain about any Galaxy player because the team is good. They're winning. They're tied for the most wins in MLS right now. So you really can't complain if you're a Galaxy fan. Sure, a couple results we we wish could have gone a different way. But at the same time, you look at last year to this year and everything is better. You feel a different team, even with a lot of the same guys that they had last year, it just feels like a whole new energy and it's kind of restoring the old energy of the LA galaxy, you know, the, the team that was always on top and it's very nice to see. And I I'm personally enjoying it. And yeah, I just, I just hate Seattle and I, we need to, we need to be Seattle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seattle, man. Dude, like Seattle. I, hate, I hate Seattle and San Jose more than any team in MLS. Just, by far, and just like someone needs to knock Seattle off their pedestal because they are starting to think that they're the best organization in MLS history, uh, but they don't. They don't have a uh, this uh, five here. The trophies, uh, but uh, you know, they they, they we, someone's got to knock them off their pedestal. And if there's anyone that should be able to do it, it should be the Galaxy. Yeah, no, I think that's that's what makes it difficult. I want to see if I can share. Let me see if I can share my screen. So I want to see uh, is this. I'm gonna try. This is my first time trying to share my screen. Let's I'll just see. say this real quickly. You yeah, know, I don't want to spark any controversy or kind of make you uh, like point somebody out. But you can kind of tell who's kind of like a fake soccer fan here when you say <laughs> Grand Zier does. When you say Grand Zier does nothing for the Galaxy. If you watch the last couple of games, like that cross to Chicharito he did in the Cali Clasico a couple of weeks ago, that was beautiful, man. And even too, his speed and pace is definitely a. Uh, helping all the other players kind of, you know, 
spread out a little bit more. And even too, Grand Zier doesn't even get the support he needs half of the time. I remember against the Whitecaps, he was kind of just 1v3 against other defenders, and the support was definitely lacking. Like, he's doing his best with what he's got. And sure, his form to start off the season wasn't great. But man, you don't want him to be going like lights out to start the thing and then slowly be dying down as the season progresses. I'm glad to see that we're seeing a constant improvement from Grand Sierra every single game. Yeah, no, great, great points out there. So I want to get on it. Uh, here, here, um, here's the MLS uh, standing. So far, obviously, you know, no surprise there. Seattle Sounders with 29 points. Sporting KC with 26. Galaxy right behind there in third place with 24 points. Colorado. LAFC is in fifth. Uh, Real Salt Lake is in sixth. I mean, excuse me, it's in sixth place with 16 points. Uh, and Minnesota is in seventh with 15 points. So, like, yeah, to your point, I mean, you're going to have games against Real Salt Lake. We just mentioned uh, also FC Dallas and Vancouver Whitecaps. So, uh, in these next three games, you know, potentially the Galaxy could get, what, nine points. And you're looking at, what, 20 or 33 points in these next three games that are very, very feasible. And if you have Chicharito for two of those three games, that could be really, really good, right? And we see what Cabral is doing. We just talked about Grand Sur. Obviously, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the, with, with the center backs. You know, got a couple of injuries. When does when Derek Williams come back again? I know he, he's – Next week. Next game. Next game. Five. This last game against Dallas was his final game suspended. Finally. It okay. feels like it's been okay, forever. So, yeah, yeah. So I knew, I knew it was coming up soon. So, yeah. So you're going to have Derek Williams back. Sega Kuobali, obviously, you know, he could probably rest a little bit more depending how, how serious, uh, you know, how, how much he's nursing the injury. So the Galaxy are going to look in a good, good, good position here in these next three games if they're able to, to win these next three games. I know I don't think that's asking too much, but I think, you know, the only reason I say it is because in my eyes, I think that's very feasible. If you have Chicharito, you got Derek Williams coming back, uh, Revolution's doing his thing, you know, so it's looking good. And, and, and you're out with, Excuse me, Efrain Alvarez, Jonathan Dos Santos, and Sebastian Legit. You're not going to really be missing that many. I mean, you're not. Uh, you're going to be missing players, but you're not going to be missing the flow. If does that if that makes sense, right? Because a lot of these players have been moving around a lot for the Galaxy, right? You move play here, obviously. You know, like Bravos, he's playing. Players are moving around, but like Greg Vanny has a great flow to this team and what he's doing, and I, and I think. Whoever is missing or, or, or gone or whatever, Victor Vasquez is looking amazing as well. So there's a lot of different things. Go ahead, Alex. Uh, yeah, too. And just the fact that, you know, um, the schedule, these next two games are pretty simple. Vancouver, uh, you know, on paper, Salt Lake and uh, Dallas. And at a point in the season right now where you're missing a ton of players due to international duty and a couple of big time players, too, it, the schedule worked out perfectly. You know, the next, I think, game that they're probably going to play that will be probably a bit more challenging will probably be against the Portland Timbers at the end of the month. Um, but uh, these next three games, are they're definitely capable of getting all nine points, missing key players like Leggett, Dos Santos, Efra, and even a couple of uh, bench pieces like Giancarlo Gonzalez, who, I mean, he's not going to play anymore. And then O'Neal Fisher in case, you know, something happens to Araujo, especially since, you know, he's been dealing with an injury and he kind of, was a little banged up after the la- uh, last match against FC Dallas. Yeah, no, I think so. What are your thoughts? Uh, obviously, and we saw the standings there, Eli, but like, what are your thoughts on the Galaxy potentially, you know, moving up there? This is the perfect time of the season. Yeah, you mentioned the injuries, but also if they could just catch momentum without the, the, the injured players, you know, it's huge because these are points that otherwise could have been dropped if we, if the Galaxy were going to go up against Portland, Seattle, 
sporting Kansas City the next three weeks. Like those would be three L's most likely. So it's very nice to see. I mean, I think the the Galaxy can definitely keep it up. Uh, I see the comment, will they catch the Sounders? I'm not quite convinced about that, but like Seattle's got to lose at some point, right? I think like, it's possible. Their next game is against Minnesota, who's been on fire lately. They yeah. started off the season horrendously, and then now they're actually, you know, catching fire. They're going up against Austin after that, and then they play SKC after that Austin match. SKC's so there's definitely, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a chance that Seattle drop points, and you know the standings get a little bit closer, and the Galaxy definitely inch into that maybe top seed in the West. Plus, you know, they're without uh, both the Roldan brothers right now because That's of international duty. And Roldan's been – we I've seen a debate in the comment section here on who's MVP, and Rui Diaz is up there for them. But also Christian Roldan is probably the fourth or fifth in line for MVP this season. Like, he's a crucial player to them. And, yeah, sure, they're already down two crucial players, and they're unbeaten, so I really don't know what's going on there. But – it's like they they gotta they gotta lose at some point. No team goes thirty four matches unbeaten, and especially in MLS. Galaxy, yeah, and especially and like looking at how the Galaxy are like not far behind them, and they've lost four matches. It's promising, you know. And I, I mean, I I just think the Galaxy have been playing a style of soccer that's maintainable. Like there's no, I don't see a slump in this galaxy team. I see consistency. Sure. There's been a couple matches where they've lost and they probably could have won some matches that they lost, but either way, they, they, they haven't had two bad matches in a row, which has been pretty, pretty nice to watch. And this galaxy teams, I mean, it's awesome. And even to, um, you know, like uh, the losses they've had, they've definitely been learning experiences. You cannot say that, you know, the galaxy, you know, didn't put up a fight or, you know, they're not going to recover from this. The team's learning on the way as well as a unit, you know, individually, they, they're, they're still working on other things, right? We mentioned Cabral scoring, you know, Chicharito trying to get back to fitness and, and all these other players, but just overall as a unit and as a team, they're learning when it comes to these losses and it's definitely improving week after week. And you can see that, like Eli mentioned, this style of soccer is definitely sustainable and is, you know, and it's, you know, pretty simple to play too. It's not too difficult. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not too difficult. Oh, here, let me make it. But I was going to say, the one thing Ethan Zubak, your boy Eli, mentioned on the press call, he said that one of the goals this, this year is not to lose two games in a row, and which is big, right? That, that's really big because if you don't lose two games in a row, right, you tie or whatever, you're still getting points and you're still moving up and you're you're still going uh, on the right direction. And I think that's, that's what I see with the other guys, right, with, even with the, with, with the international players being called up. I don't. I can't see them losing two games in a row this month. And the 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 most difficult game for the Galaxy this year is July thirtieth. The the last uh, homestand for for the Galaxy, I believe it's going to be on a Friday. That's going to be the most difficult game. Now I don't want to discredit the other opponents, but like on paper, the Timbers, that's going to be the most tough toughest game for them. But it could look like a really really good July for the uh, for the LA Galaxy. Go ahead, Eli. Oh, no, what I was going to mention is you, you, uh, Alex talked about the learning curve, and we literally saw that this past week with the, the SKC loss to the FC Dallas win. We, we saw the chances that they were missing in that Sporting Kansas City match go in for uh, during that Dallas match. And sure, you could talk about the opponent or whatever, but they were the same exact chances. So the Galaxy were putting themselves up in the same exact spots regardless of the opponent. And that's why I think it, what they are, what they have right now, is sustainable, maintainable for the for the rest of the season. 
Yeah, no, and they they're only going to get better. And once they have all these pieces right, I think maybe after the Gold Cup, when the Gold Cup ends, the final will be August first. Say they say if Mexico and U.S. will assume uh, are going to have a deep run and they uh, could potentially make it to the final. Uh, whether it's Legera, you're talking about Rafael Alvarez, Jonathan Dos Santos, you're talking about three players uh, right there. If those teams, because by then you'll, you'll have the rest of the guys, uh, you know, playing on the Jamaican team, right? Um, so you'll, you'll have those guys by then. So you're, you're going to see a full LA Galaxy squad, I would say by mid August. You're going to really see, and that's when you want to be rolling. If you're, if you're an MLS team, it's by towards the end of the season. Right, you're gonna have everybody. I feel like by mid-August, and we're gonna really see how strong the uh, like. All right, bear no injuries, bear no uh, injury. Uh, Chicharito's calf is able to stay healthy. Same thing with Jonah, but like you know, we're gonna. I think mid mid-August is when you can see a fully, 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 full team. I'm saying, <laughs> and uh, the Galaxy, and you know what, what they have there in, the, in, the, in that month. So it's it's looking looking like a pretty positive next two months uh, for this Galaxy team. Guys, anything else to add before we wrap things up? Uh, no, just, you know, Jonathan Bond should have been called up for England. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness, man. Oh, my you goodness. Say, That's facts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, yes and no. Good thing, yeah, yes, because obviously you always want to represent your country. No, because he's very he, key to this team. Yeah. Well, he, we he, don't want to put back in there. I don't That's think right. the Galaxy would have won the games that they've won so far. Um, if he if he was called up, right? And he probably, I don't know if he would have if he would have started. He might have been on the bench, but we don't know. But yeah, I mean, good thing for the Agax. We'll see maybe in the future, or he may be dual his dual citizenship and maybe he throw his hat into the U.S. Men's National Team. But we'll see. I think that's a long way to go from there. Um, but yeah, if you guys don't have the, anything else to add, are we taking off the hats? Is that is that what's going on? Look, my hair's all messed oh, up. Oh, my head got a little itchy, but <laughs> you guys keep them. On. I got kind of sweaty, so yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to make my hat smell or anything like that. You know. No, so before yeah. the show, so I did my hair. I just, I just put some gel, and then like I, we, we decided to put on the hats, and I was like, all right, uh, all our hands are going to stuff. But, yeah, guys, that's going to wrap things up. Uh, uh, Alex, let the people know where they can follow you. Um, yeah, so you can follow my uh, LA Galaxy account, me and my uh, buddy Nick. We both run it. I got to meet him in person uh, in the July 4th game. So the at below, at Total LA Galaxy on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, I write for LA Soccer Hub previews and just reviews of the games um, coming out a couple of days before every single game. And also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Alex Ruiz Sports. Uh, new FIFA career mode episodes coming up soon. <laughs> nice. I got that in the works now. Uh, everything kind of got Let's set up. Go. Yeah, uh, they added all the new players that the Galaxy just got. So I'm going to be playing again and trying to hopefully you know, finish out the season and win MLS Cup again because I've done that in so many other iterations <laughs> of FIFA before. So why can't I do it again? Hey, there we go. You're the Eli, answer. Let, let the folks know where they can follow you. Yeah, you could find me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube um, at This Week in MLS. I recently went to Columbus for their home opener, and I released a vlog about that. So you should check that out. It's pretty cool. Or it's just a cool experience in general. Um, also, make sure you follow LA Soccer Hub and Total LA Galaxy, LA Saga, everything LA, because this is LA, our city, our home. I wasn't going to go through this podcast without singing that song at least once. Um, but <laughs> Los Angeles, we never walk alone and uh, race to Sace, right? 
Yeah. Well, there you go. There you guys have it. If you guys are listening, make sure to join us every Monday night. We're talking LA Galaxy. Obviously, we hit on Copa America, the Euros, and Gold Cup. We'll continue talking about the Gold Cup because that's just starting here. we got some of the LA Galaxy players playing there. Um, but, yeah, that's going to wrap things up. So, for Eli, for Alex, this is Gio. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody.